Thank you for tuning in to the Her Royal Roots podcast station. We are currently in a series titled, A Wise Woman Builds Her House. Lessons are taught by Holda Dawid, or a special guest bringing insight to the Hebraic understanding of what it means to be a wife, mother, or a woman in a Hebraic community. All of the insight we give is through a scriptural, cultural, or bio-agricultural understanding of the times in which the scriptures were written. By listening, you will be tuning into a live recording of the session. We are so thankful that you chose to join us. We hope that you are blessed. Shalom. Royalty. Royalty. Powers of the chosen people. Bible in my hand, word inside my heart, and pain before my eyes. Broken people wanting to believe in something, looking for a light, trying to find the truth. So what we're going to do is read through a literal translation. So what a literal translation is, and even a literal translation is still not literal because it's in English, right? But it is a person literally translating the, the scripture word for word. And I know we think that people have done that before, but no. Because, for instance, there's no um, uh, to be verb. So like when I say in Hebrew, if I say... Um, um, like in Hebrew, if you say, do you know Danny, right? There's no um, do. It's just, you know Danny. And it's just the way you inflect it. It's just like, you know Danny. It's not, do you know Danny? There's no word for that. It's either you do or you don't. Like, so you don't have to, like, imply that. So when we're reading even this, some, there are implications there that are still not there, but they are put there to make stuff make sense. Mm-hmm. Like... And you'll see it when we're reading it, because you can even tell, because it still seems kind of awkward, because mm-hmm. they tried to the best of ability. Um, translated. So, okay. I started at Genesis 2.25, because one of the points I'm going to bring out begins in Genesis 2.25, which is the last verse before we get to Genesis chapter 3. So, it says, um, And the two of them were enlightened beings, the Adam and his woman, and they were not disappointed in each other. Somebody want to read that in regular translation? Wait, can you read it one more time, please? Sorry. And the two of them were enlightened beings, the Adam and his woman, and they were not disappointed in each other. Okay, so somebody have a just a regular um, I have the New King James, and okay. it says, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Okay. Wow. Yeah. See how different those things are? Wow. Because and I'm gonna deal, we're gonna deal with the, what the word um, naked means when we get when we get back. We'll have to read all the way through. So I'm gonna show you that it had nothing to actually do with the having clothes and not having clothes. Although they didn't have on any clothes, but that didn't matter. So Yahweh wouldn't have made it matter. Hebrews don't make things matter when they don't matter. They only matter when they matter. At this point, having on clothes and not having on clothes didn't matter. So it wasn't talking about their nakedness. Okay, next one. Um, and the Nakash had been enlightened from out of all the Hayah of the field, who Yahuwah the powers made. And he said to the woman of passion, because the powers said, you, plural, will not eat from all the trees of the protected place. 
right? Completely different. I'm going to give you these two words that, um, and the reason why they're not translated. Okay, Nakash, I think I did, I did it online, I didn't do it for you guys, but I think I did a little bit. Nakash literally, I did. Nakash literally means to learn by experience. Okay, so everywhere in regular, in the regular Bible, it says serpent. But at this particular time, if we were true to what was actually being written, we don't get that the serpent is Satan until like Isaiah. It, the, the correlation is not made. We know it's implied, but we don't see, it doesn't ever say snake. We don't get snake in Genesis. That's something from that happened later that was then projected back onto the Genesis account. But it actually was not there in the beginning. The Nakash, like the Bible said, is just an enlightened being above all the other creatures that were present. That's what scripture says. Now, anything else is translationally added into it. Okay? So, Nakash is enlightened being. It means an enlightened being. Yeah. Or it actually means light, which is or, yeah, enlightened or light. And so, so, and so right here where it says Haya, it means of all the light. So, Haya is actually the word for light. It doesn't correctly translate over into English. So, when something doesn't correctly translate over into English, what this particular translator does, it just leaves it. Because it's not necessarily talking about animal or not animal, or human or not human. It doesn't give you a specification. It says it's a life, and it's enlightened. It don't say no more. Yeah. So that's why it says it's a life. It literally has life, and it's here. Okay, it says Yahuwah the powers. Okay. Go ahead. You said Nakash means the light or is or it it's to a, learn it's, by experience? It's to learn by experience is the, like the actual literal definition of it. Oh, it means okay. to learn by experience. The, okay. the action behind it. Oh, okay. So it says Yahuwah the powers. Remember we talked about the whole Elohim thing? Mm-hmm. I think it was two weeks ago. So it's not plural meaning there's multiple gods mm-hmm. and it's not plural it, it well, it's just not plural. It's not and people say it's like uh, oh, have I heard it um, like three and one, mm-hmm. or one plus one plus one. But really, it's all the powers. Elohim is just all you. Yah is in everything. So it's really primitive if you think about it. Like how the age, like uh, Asians or the Native Americans, were like they. Some people believe God is a tree. There are some people, but literally, some people believe that Yah is in everything, though. And so, if there's life in everything, and Yah is life, then technically. Yah is in everything that has life because he gave that life to each thing. So how it's translated here is the powers, meaning the life that is in everything. That would make it plural, but it's still that same life that came forth from Yah. Make sense? Okay, so it will say that a couple times, so I want to make sure. Okay, so he tells a woman, um, and we dealt with the whole idea of passion. We know what her function is. We have to go back over that. Um, you, plural, so meaning you and your husband, will not eat from all the trees of the protected place. So what does yours say about what the serpent said? What did you say to her? And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. No, go back a little further. He says one more thing before that. Oh, the first thing, and he mm-hmm. said unto woman, yea, have God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Okay, so see how that did Yah say? He didn't say that. Satan never asks questions. It's more statements. He already knows what Yah said. So why am I going to ask questions? He literally says, 
he literally starts off with, because the power said you will not eat of all the trees of the protected place, he tells her what he said. Because he told her you're not supposed to eat all the trees of the protected place. That's the statement. He didn't ask a question. He wasn't really talking to her. He's like, I don't need you to talk. I'm just going to drop some game on you real quick. Let that marinate. Because he said you're not supposed to eat. You know, it's more of that dialogue. Um, okay, it says, um, so the woman's responding back. It says, but the woman said to the Nakash, from the fruit of the trees of the, the protected region, we will eat. So she responds back. You think that uh, right off the bat, she's just like, I'm all in. No, she goes, no. He didn't tell us we will not eat. He said the trees we will eat. Okay? Um, and it says, and from the fruit of the trees that are in the middle of the protected region, the power said, you, or you plural, and she's, she's quoting him. This is a mm. quote from her. Mm. You will not eat from them, and you will not approach them, or you will die. So she's mm. incorrectly quoting him. Why? Well, we won't get into that yet. Okay. In the next verse, verse 4. And the Nakash said to the woman, no, a death you will die. See? So we, keep, we are, in our, I think it says, you will not surely die, die. right? No, he says no. Oh, no, you're going to die. A death you will die. Wow. Right? And it says, now this next verse, a death you will die, and he's going to tell why. He's going to give the explanation for the death, which Yah just says, if you eat from you, you'll surely die. So he adds explanation. Okay, verse 5. So he's finishing. He says, no, a death you will die. He, she, so he's like, you're right. You are going to die. Right? He says, for the powers know, for in the day of your eating from them, and your, obviously from the tree, from those trees, and your eyes will be open, and you will be like the powers, knowing function and dysfunction. <laughs> so he's not lying. He says, no, no, no. You're not going to die. It's that when you do it, you're going to know function and dysfunction, which is the truth. Right? Next verse, verse 6. And the woman saw that the function of the tree was for food. And that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable for knowledge. So, hmm. immediately, three things happened. Satan did not lie to her. He did what he could do. Which is, I'm not going to lie to you. All I'm going to say is, just look at it a little bit harder. This <laughs> look at it. Mm -hmm. look, like, just look. And so she looked, and she said, okay, it is a tree. Like that tree. Mm -hmm. And it does have fruit. She starts seeing the function behind it. She didn't see the dysfunction. She can't see it on the surface because that was not something that could be seen in the physical. Everything that he did was in her unconscious mind. She's the one that carried it through. He didn't do anything. All he did was plant a seed. Right? She looks at it. It does have fruit. Fruit is edible. I'm Margaret, I'm Margaret crack it up because I said, in reality, you cannot get somebody to do something unless they see it happening. So this is me. I said, Jeannie, it's not there. It's not there. You won't find it. This is my own brain. I believe in order to, for her to see it, it's like, okay, he had to come in a form. I personally believe that he was physically seen. Some people say he wasn't, he was, and eh, he's physically seen. Snake, not a snake, man, it's not a point. Right. I believe he ate the fruit. She had never seen nobody eat off the tree. So how do you get somebody to experience it? Look, you're not going to die. He probably was sitting. 
What? Yeah. Me? You know? <laughs> but he did tell her she would die. Right. He's not right not like this. You're not going to, like, look, you, you will die. But mm-hmm. you'll be, you see how I'm blowing your mind? You will be able to blow your mind just like this. Watch. Because <laughs> he never not mentions him. He's, he's a you plural. Yeah. He's never talking to her personally. Mm-hmm. He's talking to both of you. And she's responding for both of them. Like, she the whole time, right? So I was talking about Robert. I was like, he was in there eating Like, look, now you try it. She was like, okay, I looked. Okay, you can't bite it. Like, you can't see it. You can't. It's not fake. All right, then let me see. And so it says, and she took from the fruit, and she ate. And she gave also to her man with her, and he ate. And the eyes of the two of them opened, and they knew that they were enlightened. And they sewed fig leaves, and they made themselves aprons. <laughs> and they heard the sound of Yahuwah the powers walking in the protected region because of the wind of the work and chaos. I'll explain that. And Adam and his woman hid themselves from the face of Yahuwah the powers in the middle of the trees of the protected region. This is my favorite part of this whole translation. And Yahuwah the powers called to Adam and said to him, How? How? <laughs> so we always get like these long dialogues mm-hmm. because everybody's trying to explain anything. Why would, yeah, he already knew it. He said, how? How am I supposed to be mad when you did that? No, but how? 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 That whole thing covers the whole spectrum. How? Why? What? What? Like, how? He already knew. You're hiding from me. How? How could you go ahead and... Okay. So, you see immediately that there was something that changed. Okay? And it wasn't there from the beginning. So... The whole idea, and so we have the fall, innocence, ego, pride, humility. So what we see from the beginning is, and I'm going to go just briefly and we'll go to the outline. Genesis 2.25. There was not, there was all, it was completely functional. It says, and the woman and the two of them were enlightened beings. I mean, they were already enlightened. Right there. The Adam and his woman. It wasn't just Adam. It wasn't just the woman. They were both the same. They were equal opposites like we talked about before. And they were not disappointing each other. Neither one of them were lacking anything. They weren't disappointed in their situation. They were fine. Okay, so if you, if I start going too far, just raise your hand and I'll explain things. So does anybody know about the whole idea of the id, ego, and the super ego? I may have heard it in psychology. If you haven't, I'm going to explain it. So pretty much what Freud believed was that the human, be- the human mind has three components. And we talked about those threes and how they're visible and everything. So you have the, the nature that just comes with being born, which is how babies are, right? And then you have um, the authority, the thing that tells you right or wrong. We call it the conscious, right? And then you have the, the we, well, not the conscious, the conscience, the thing that says that's wrong, that's right. So social behavior, you don't just walk around naked. If there's people around, you cover up. These are things that are, in, that, are in, that are placed on you either by social norms or by your household. Okay? And then there's just you. And your reasoning is between those two things. You're trying to figure out what's norm, but how do I also please my base nature? Right? So I gave Marvin an example. He cracked it. I said, okay, so not having a social norm or just doing whatever the base nature wants to do is there's a cake. And you walk into the house at somebody's birthday. And you want a piece of the cake. So you just cut it and eat it. Even though it's somebody else's birthday and it's their cake. Okay? That's operating in a base nature. Okay? So what the 
what the base nature would say is, I want it and I want it now, and I don't care if it's somebody's birthday, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens if you did not have any social norms, so you're talking about like calling people who are raised by wolves, you don't know any better. And so then what that nature wants you to do is it wants it all, so it not only takes a slice, but eats the whole thing. And then you don't feel good, and then you're like, <laughs> maybe I should work out. And then the base nature says, uh-uh, that's going to hurt too, just don't do nothing. <laughs> right? <laughs> Right? Base nature. I'm, I'm never going to do anything that causes me pain, and I'm always going to do what gives me pleasure. Okay? So then you have what we consider the, the super ego, where when you come in, you see the cake, and now you have all your social norms in place. You see the cake. I want the cake. But I know it's somebody's birthday, so I'm going to wait until they sing happy birthday, and then we'll cut the cake, and then I'll have a piece, and I'm okay with that. Right? So <laughs> where the ego is is kind of in the middle, where it tries to please both. The ego says, let's taste the frosting, and then I'll wait until, <laughs> until it's time to cut the birthday cake. I got my impulse fulfilled, but I still respected the social norm. Okay, all three of those are terrible and yet in, in reality, because one, the ego should not exist, and that's where I'm going to show you right now. Okay, so that idea of the ego, which is to please both and to not fulfill what is correct, is still wrong. It's, it would, it's balance, but it's, it's not proper balance. It's still dysfunctional because you still stuck your nasty finger on somebody's cake. Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay. So, the idea of where we see the ego in, where we don't, where we don't see the ego in scripture is in Genesis 2.25, where it says, and the two of them are enlightened beings. So one, they're not stupid. People keep saying that they were ignorant. They weren't ignorant. That's not the picture. They were Far from ignorant, actually. Um, and, but they were not disappointed, which means that the idea of I'm not, I don't have enough, I don't have the right things, I don't have this, I don't have that, I blah, 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 worried, they didn't have any of that. We, they were perfectly content with where they were. So here I go, isogeting again, as a serpent. Remember in Genesis, we saw that how the world was formed, it was chaos. Chaos first. It wasn't nothing and then something came. No, there was something and it was chaos. Okay, there was chaos, and Yah brought light or balance to the chaos, but it didn't remove the chaos, mm -hmm. right? Um, did anybody catch anything very interesting as you read uh, Genesis about the garden? Anything? Okay, so at the end of Genesis, what do we see? What, I mean, at the, end of, at the end of Genesis 3, what does Yah do to the garden? It closes it all. Okay. But before then, was it? No. No. Very interesting, right? Mm -hmm. So people ask this question, and it's funny because it baffles people, but I swear to you, don't always take for granted that just because people are smart that they've read the Bible. Because that's not necessarily true. Your lights off too? Oh, that's mom. Oh, never mind. Yeah. So just because people are scholars doesn't mean that they're actually reading the Bible. A lot right. of people just read what other people write right, right. and then look at how they came to that conclusion and then perpetuate that same thing. Mm -hmm. So people have always gone back and forth. Did Yah put the serpent in the garden? How did the serpent get in the garden? How did, it, how did he not? There was no rule that nobody else could come in the garden. That was not a rule. There's no law, rule, order. It doesn't say nobody else can come. What it says is, Adam, you protect the garden. Why would they have to protect the garden if there was an angel standing there and nobody else can get in? The reality is that 
there was chaos outside, and by chaos, it meant that obviously the fallen angels were definitely cast down. So there were other beings outside of the garden. And so his job was, it's over there, was to protect it. So the serpent or whoever, anybody could have came into the garden, but the rule was, and you're going to see the picture right the rule was when they come to this place, they have to obey, obey my rules. See how that works? It's set up from the beginning. Here's the protected region. Here's where the family dwells. When you come in here, these are the rules you have to obey. And it was Adam's job to make sure that everybody in this area obeyed the rules. So you see how that works? Including his wife. Including his wife. <laughs> right. So it was not weird that there was a serpent in the garden. Everybody gets stuck there. And that's not weird. It's not weird at all. Anything or anyone had the ability to come and go. But the reality is Adam was supposed to check everything that he was supposed to know. Because I know everything that's here, you're supposed to make sure that everything that's here is following my rules. He said, in the garden you subdue. That means put everything under my authority. That was your job. Okay. So, we understand that that's not the picture. Okay, so, the ego. What is the ego? The word ego doesn't appear in the Bible, and but the concept and principles regarding it does. The word ego, in a very simple term, refers to an exaggerated sense of self-importance. An exaggerated sense, ego, simply put, is an exaggerated sense of self-importance. Now, why does that whole idea of self-importance make so much sense? Yah did not, Yah gave everybody, remember, different functions, but he didn't change the fact that it was all supposed to function together. Man and woman are different, but they're not one without the other. They're equal opposites. They're the same. So nobody, nothing was above anything. Everything had a purpose and everything needed everything. All the animals needed all the people, all the people needed the animals, they needed the water, they needed the sky, they needed everything to function together. Everything, and this is funny because I sound like such a, uh, what are those people called, tree hugger? Everything on the planet needs everything. You don't kill off, and we've seen it, you don't kill off all the wolves. Because then you get too many of whatever else. You don't kill off all the ants. Because you like, for instance, oh, if you've ever been to San Francisco, they have a raccoon problem. <laughs> a raccoon and a skunk problem is crazy. Really? Oh, it's so disgusting. When we were there, oh, it's so disgusting. But they're protected in the area. So guess what? Nobody can touch them. So guess what they do? They overgrow. So everything, there's a balance to everything. There's a balance of death and life. You know I mean? You see it. So everything needs everything. When humans kill too much of something, you can see it. When we overuse stuff, you see pollution. So it's there. There has to be a balance how we use stuff. The Native Americans had it right. You don't use more than you need right now. Because then there won't be none left for the person that needs it. There's no hoarding in the universe. So everything needs everybody. But when there's a self-importance, when I see me as more important than everything else, then I will do certain things. So Adam, his first job is you don't abuse your power, though. Just because you, I put you in charge doesn't mean that you abuse it because there's order. You need all these same things just like they need you. Right? Okay. So um, the whole, the, the, the overwhelming theme of scripture, obviously, once the fall happens, is the dying to self. You see that over and over and over again. What is the self? The self that's mentioned is the ego, the me. I, 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 right? Okay, so the originally, oh, 
Adam and Eve had been learning since they were given the breath of life. So the whole thing that Satan tried to come was like, you don't know nothing. And they didn't know. They knew, they knew a lot of things, actually. They actually knew, I guess, on, in a close relationship more than him in the sense of about what a relationship two things were. Because Satan, obviously, we know that his fall came from, I want to be more important. His ego was triggered. So, what is, then, the ultimate job of Hasatan? What, I mean, I just want to say what his job Why is he so ticked off? You know? And you can, you can imply. I'm going to tell you why. But you can just throw out some things. He wants to be the most high. Okay. Kicked out of heaven. Kicked out? Okay. What else? Do you have anything else? You know why he's ticked? Yes. No important. Why would you be mad? Because I don't have... I don't have the authority to do what you wanted. That's actually that that is it. So what happens is Satan has to sit after the chaos, right? This adversary has to sit and witness creation. Remember, he takes order, makes takes chaos and makes it in order, right? And so at the time, Scripture tells us that he's made above everything. He's made above all other beings outside of what Yah's not a being. So he's made over everything, right? So he's watching, he's like, alright, animals, and I can run that, I can run that. And then all of a sudden, Yah does something, he makes man. And guess what he does? He makes man higher than everything. Everything, out, out, he makes man literally in his likeness and his image. Satan's not made in the likeness of his image, yeah. He literally, he literally places somebody in this realm, in, in Satan's world, that's higher than him. Wait, time out. The whole point of me getting kicked here was because I was running things. And then you're going to make something and your life's an image and now it, it has authority over me? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You know, like, he's, that's, that's the irritation. That is it right there. It's like, I'm not in charge. So then how does he, he only has, people think that his tactics are like, he's like, sweat. no, it's just a seed. Satan tells him, well, he, he doesn't do anything. He operates in the subconscious. I'm telling you everything. You're doing it all. You just—it's in your head. Mm-hmm. I'm just in your head. All I got—I mean, if there are mm-hmm. men. If everybody has met a man like this, all I got to do is get in your head, and I can get you whatever I want you to do. Mm-hmm. You'll be doing it and don't even know that I'm the one that convinced you to do it. You know what I mean? Like I'm just—I'm in your head. You don't have to ask. I went to the store and I just bought him this. Why? Because I love him. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, that's what that's what they think. It's like, no, because I want to do this, because I want him to have this, and I want but then you don't know the background story is you don't want to see me shine, you don't want to see me look nice, you don't want all that that happened before, eventually it's just like, okay, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do because it's already in the subconscious and I'm supposed to do this particular thing. Well if your makeup is already to one to receive and to hear and then to share information with the man, then why would the Satan go to the Adam? Adam knew what his job was. Mm-hmm. If you know, what, you see what I mean? Like Adam knew from the beginning. If Constantine would have went straight to the Satan, I mean, the, the adversary and the cops would have went straight to Adam. He'd be like, "If you don't get out of here, right? That that's his job. I'm supposed to. So who do I go to? He didn't go to the woman because she was less than the man." She knew she. I should say. I didn't say she knew less. She knew less than the serpent. He knew that he knew more than she did. You see how that works? So, for instance, when a person gets ready to kidnap a kid, 
They don't go to the parent and go, <laughs> No! The parent knows the danger of a stranger. Stranger danger. The child, not so much. So they're like, you say, don't take candy from strangers. Why? You know what the stranger does when they give candy. But can't they see candy? They're like, you want some candy? Yup. Mm-hmm. It's not like, so that was the issue. He was like, I'm not going to go to the person that knows who I am. He was, every animal had been brought before Adam. Every animal, every, any living thing that was on the planet had already been brought before Adam. He's going to recognize it right away. He's going to be like, No. You got no. You're not even supposed to be here. Like, get out. But she, she, it, she wasn't there. She was still learning. So, what is? What do you do if you've experienced something already as a parent? You're gonna protect that person. So he already knew that. So he's like, I'm gonna go to her. I'm gonna blow her mind. She'll know this. <laughs> let me tell her. Let me tell her. Look at this tree. We have to do anything. Once I was in her head, it was it was done. When she started responding, I already had her. You know how like they have those beginning, you had me at hello. Right. right? It was literally you had me at because the problems. <laughs> I'm curious. Because curiosity is not a negative. We always and I'm gonna give you a couple other things that are not curiosity is not a negative though. To explore is not a negative. To question is not a negative. We're told that in religion because through questioning you'll question me. And then I'm lying. So if you start questioning me, then at that moment, you're going to find out that I'm lying. But y'all has no problem being questioned. You just have to be okay with his response. Mm. <laughs> right. You know, that's the only thing. He's like, okay, ask me. That's what I like about Pastor. You know, when I tell people that, when he tells us, he says, I'm, just, I'm a man. He says, and I'm just reading what he says, don't take it from me. Go home and look it up. Make sure that I, I was reading and not telling you right. Right. Because I some like people don't him. want that. They're like, no, 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 don't read it because you'll come back and you have questions. And my pride won't let me tell you. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So everything was uh, operating in function. So I'm going to show you a couple of things. Okay. So the ego. Ch- children are not born with an ego. And by ego, I mean that thing that tells them, like I said, you don't run out here naked. The ego cares what you think about. That's what, that's what makes you me care, like, how you feel about me, why you looking at me like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that I don't have no money because I wore this? Do you think my hair is nappy? Do you think my... <laughs> All those things are ego. Self-importance. I want you to feel like this about me. Me, 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 me. Children don't care. They don't care. They, not at all. It's us that care. It's us that care. We put all that important, and then we place it on them, right? So, initially, though, what we have is humility. It says, all of you, and this is uh, 1 Peter 5, 5. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because Yah opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I'm going to give you a definition because both the words I'm getting ready to give you Nobody ever uses this word right. And it's very sad because we we project what these things are because we they just they what they mean individually, but it has like a concrete meaning. Okay, so humility. Humility literally deals with being brought down, right? Or put into submission. That's not a negative. That's a positive. And I'm gonna prove to you why it's a positive. Okay. So, one can learn by experience, or you can learn by observation. There's two ways to learn. But the necessity of learning isn't eradicated. So, you don't get to choose not to learn, just because 
you don't want to learn. You're going to learn either one way. You're going to learn by observation or experience. So, humility comes from the Hebrew word, and it's spelled ayin, noon, hey. And it's literally uh, ayin, A-Y-I-N, noon, N-U-N, hey, H-E-Y. Okay? And I got it out of this book, by the way, just so you guys know. It's in here. So, words have roots, and I told you about that already. And it literally means um, a watching over something of importance. Does that sound like humility to you? Mm-mm. Uh, not at all, right? I had to really, really think about this one. A watching over something of importance. So the pictograph is of an eye and a seed. So literally, a watching over the seed. The seed is important. The cow is important. Right? How does that do with humility, though? So it doesn't make sense. It makes sense to you. Okay, so... Um, and it was a common construct, so now we're doing with culture, um, for a structure to consist of a roof and four points or four posts as a shelter to pretty much keep the glare of the sun off. Okay? So you see, like, this is the heat of these down when you get tired. Okay? So it literally has to do with the same, so oppression and depression come from this word. I'm going to show you how. So oppression and depression? Oppression and depression. Okay, and it literally, in this form that it's used in, uh, it for humility, it says, to oppress another, right, causing depression. So does it make any sense, right? Does it make any sense to anybody? Not yet? Okay, so we're going to go down to actually the actual literal meaning. It actually means gentleness, though, right? So meek, humble, humility. No. But the actual word picture is, and this is so crazy, because the eye, the house, right? It means to, I can't, I got a little bit, to furrow your brow. So you looking at something? You like, right? To watch it intently. So that's literally where the word depression comes from. Because when you're looking at something very intently, you kind of, you kind of, you know, you really focus in on it. Still doesn't make any sense, right? No, it doesn't. I'm telling you, it doesn't. So, go to, and I should have wrote this first down, but I don't. I think it's Matthew 18. Is that similar to, like, let's say you have, like, a bunch of bills, your own one, not something that you're just focusing on and you become depressed? Like, you're just saying, like, be careful for anything close to 18. 18. Is it 8 or 18-4? Yeah, I'm like, therefore shall humble himself as this little child. Right. So, so how does that go together? Still doesn't make any sense when you're thinking 18-4. Humble yourself like this little child. You know what he means? This is so crazy. He means, what do little children do? And it's funny because it literally happened to me today while I was thinking about this. I was in the bathroom and I was giving myself a clay mask. But and they, they watch. They get all and you know what they do? Girl. They watch it heck of close. Mm-hmm. And they went, what you put in your face? Mm-hmm. And I want to do it. Put it right here on me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. So then he says, unless you humble yourself, what is he doing? What is the little child doing? And that's, he wants to be right up on his shoe. So close to him, he wants to like mimic him. Mm-hmm. So he's paying close attention so I can do exactly what you're doing. That was the picture of where Adam and Eve were and how they were enlightened. They were so close to Yah that they could literally watch everything around them and everything that he was doing. That is true humility. I want to watch intently. So the whole call in scripture is always back to this state. It never gets erased. And we're going to get to that when we actually move forward past this part. 
but they were able to intently watch everything that I was doing. And what happens when you can get that close to watch a person? You can ask them questions. So anything you didn't know, then you can say, well, why? Well, why? And as a child, you're not asking for ego or for self or for any other reason. You're asking because you really want to know. You have complete access to everything. So it doesn't mean that you don't make mistakes. Everybody keeps saying perfect. Perfect is not a, a construct that exists in the Hebrew, just like punishment isn't. Punishment doesn't exist in the Hebrew as far as I'm punishing you to, well, it, until we get, obviously, to judgment. Judgment and punishment are different. What? You said complete. <laughs> no, you said they're so close they watch they can ask why because they are. They oh, because they, they, they can get a complete understanding of everything. So, um, and in, in a way that they can understand it. As you grow, you're going to need more explanation for different things. Right? So, um, like, a, like a child. So, Adam and Eve have the issue then of already being enlightened. I don't need somebody else to tell me something. I have the somebody else to tell me everything. Mm. So Azatana's is like, yeah, that's true. But <laughs> he didn't tell you this part. <laughs> but all they had to do was ask. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. So he says, you have to come like a little child. That is the picture of the kingdom. But why? Why is the humility of intently watching the picture? Because that's a picture of Eden. Eden was a place where you could intently watch it. So the idea of having an ego didn't exist because I could intently watch. I didn't have pride. We'll get to that word next. Right? Because I had, I was born in humility. A child is naturally humble. They come to you for everything. They don't, I mean, like, it's not until they experience something outside of their protected region that they feel like they don't know something. But as long as they're within this protected region, they don't feel like they're oblivious to anything. Mm -hmm. So really, they weren't oblivious to anything at any time. And as they grew, they could know things. But at that time, at that particular time, I was just like, don't eat of that or you're going to die. Did anybody ask why? No. Right? <laughs> nobody did. And it wasn't wrong, just nobody did. So, oh, I was a little perfection. So, in Hebrew, there's no such thing as what we consider perfection. Right? And it jacks you up religiously when you think that there is perfection. And so I guess in perfection meaning um, for us, there is no such thing as perfection. There was Perfection wasn't required of Adam and Eve. It wasn't. He said obedience. Obedience and perfection are so different. Right? He wanted them to be obedient. It didn't mean that you were not going to make mistakes. Because obviously, I mean, if you want to talk about a mistake, the garden, the, the Nakash being in the garden was a mistake. You, you didn't do something. But you still have the opportunity to do it. Just because you didn't do something at that time doesn't mean you never do it. Remember the story about, and, and I can't think of the story, it's just came to off my head. But it's in scripture and it talks about the son who the father asked him to do something. He said, nope, I'm not going to do it. And then the other one said, okay, I'm going to do it. And the one that said no actually spelt bad and then went and did it. But the one that said he wasn't going to do it didn't do it. So he said, which one is worse? And he said, of course, the one who said he's going to do it and didn't. The one who had a change of heart is better than the one who lied. Right? It's the same thing. There's nothing, you, as a human, God expects you as a child to make mistakes. 
but he doesn't expect you to live in your mistake. Right. Right. So that was the picture. The, the Adam had the opportunity, and we're going to see it, a bunch of opportunities to fix his mistakes. Right? And so what the serpent does, though, is he's like, okay, I'm just going to keep, keep pushing. Keep pushing her because she's going to make you. You'll kick me out, but you probably won't do it to her. And that's what we'll see there. Okay, so we have enough, which is to watch intently in order to mimic as a child. And so the ability to watch intently in order to emulate doesn't require rules because the trust of the child says that you will be, I will be taught correctly by my teacher, a.k.a. my parent. So people keep wondering why there's no law in the garden. There is no necessity for law because I am intently watching the creator. Right? And so... The Messiah is saying, if you would just follow me, then you would know my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Right? So, kind of like this. And this, I mean, this is pretty much almost done. When you're at home, when you're a kid, right? Can't wait to get grown. Can't wait to drive. I can't wait to be an adult. I want to be like my parents and make my own rules. And as soon as you get old enough, and the bills start coming. And then life starts happening. What do you wish you can do? Go back home and be a kid. My mom used to tell me a child's place is a safe place. Right? So Satan played on the ability. And so one of the things that I've learned to this is there are certain patterns of existence. Certain things just exist as patterns. Every child, no matter race, culture, creed, does that same thing. You grow up. I want to get out of the house. Oh no, world's bad. I want to go back. Right? It's just like everybody does it. I don't care if you're black, white, blue, brown. It doesn't matter. That's what it is. Okay. So Satan comes in. He's like, don't you? Don't you want to be by yourself? Don't you want to live? Don't you? And you fall for it. You fall for the okie do. I want to live by myself. I want to do all these things. And so you go. And then you want to go back home. You don't think y'all knew that? Just like a parent, when you get older, you like you go back to your parents, you're like, dang, I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you did such and such. Man, I wish I could be a kid again, play basketball, go play with my friends. A little bit of money was good. Having $10, 20 was like a lot of money. Now you got a lot of money, but you don't have enough. You know, like all these things, right? And so what your parent was doing was trying to protect you from what they already knew. I want to protect your innocence. You don't realize how valuable that is until you don't have it anymore. And so as a parent, what do you do? So you get a kid, you're like, I'm going to do that for them, though. I'm going to make sure that you know that being here is better than being out there, right? Because we know now, it's like, man, those little bit of rules just washing dishes and clean up my room. <laughs> nothing compared to all the other things that are posed on me by the rest of the world. You don't think that y'all knew that? He's like, look, you guys have made. Food literally just grows. You don't have to work. Thorns don't come up. It doesn't mean that there were, I, I, there, there were no thorns in the garden. But Yah had, it was a protected region. What was happening out in the rest of the world, because of the fact that there was chaos before there was order, meant that there was chaos built into the DNA of creation. But he was keeping all that at bay. I'm rebuking the devourer. You remember, like, now you see Deuteronomy 28. And your seed and your cattle won't get sick and all this stuff is happening and all you have to do is obey me. All you have to do is keep my little rules and then everything is good. And they were like, get your little bit of rules is tough. Until they experienced something outside. It was like, oh my gosh, no, we want to go back to where. 
Everything was perfect. She wasn't mad at me. I wasn't mad at her. There wasn't nobody trying to come. You see how that works? How being as a child doesn't mean that they were stupid or ignorant and they didn't know things. Y'all was saying, I know what's going to happen if I give you function and dysfunction. So, be, there, and yes, there is function, but I'm going to give you dysfunction. And you guys will be happy and you just have children and it won't hurt and then we'll do this. And you can just live. You see how that, and Satan's like, oh, no, they're too happy. They're getting along. It's all chaotic outside the garden and they just kicking it. No, not letting this happen. So I'm going to come in and disrupt it. And what does he do? He makes them for the first time see themselves separate from each other. They never saw themselves. He even talks to them like, they, when he's talking to them, he's like, you, you both. Because they, there was, if he would have said just you, Naturally, have you ever met people who are like joined at the hip? It's like like Carly and O'Shea used to be like that. She you say hi Carly, you say, Did you see O'Shea? Exactly. Literally as a little kid. She didn't see herself separate from him. If you did something for her, you had to do it for him. So you couldn't talk to the woman without the man because she didn't know herself separate from him. So it was not until she bit the fruit that she she immediately was the first person that started trying to fix it. She was like, okay, I gotta give something to him because I'm experiencing something that he's not experiencing. That ain't right. <laughs> you see what I mean? Every experience was to be experienced together. Positive and negative, because that's that's the makeup. You experience something, I experience something. You give me a seat, I give you a baby. I give you you see what I mean? Their relationship is cyclical between one another. And so he's like, all I have to do is throw in a bad seat and she'll give it to him. Because that's her nature. She doesn't want to experience anything outside of him. But then what happened is, now she wants to experience things different, but you want me to join in too. No, we were not both, we have to, we, she had to make it so they were both a part of the decision. Where originally, they both made the decision, but now she made the decision, and now she wants him to be a part of it. Okay, so, um, I did not need to say I read this first. Okay, the whole idea of, I'm going to do the idea of pride. So pride has two words. The first, and this is funny because we always think of pride as only having one word. And this is one of the strange, one of the few Hebrew words that mean the same thing but don't have the same root, which means they're completely different. Okay, so, and this is funny, so don't laugh, but it is funny. Okay, the Hebrew word for pride in the negative, well, it's not always the negative, but most of the time in the negative, is um, room, like room. Obviously, like, is it right? I mean, that's No, it's actually gay. It is the gay word. I think it is. The it literally is gay. G-A-Y-E-E. -E. It's actually gay. Or gay. Demo. Uh, Maybe that'll be somebody's homework. Ga'on, Zadon. When, uh, he said pride. Oh, Gimel Aleph Nun. Thank you for finding that. Okay, so Gimel Aleph Nun. And then final Nun? There's two Nun? Yo, Nun. I mean, right there. It's... Yeah. So it literally means oh, yeah. to be, the picture is a foot 
representing the idea of carrying or lifting, or to be to be hot, to be uh, to be lifted up. Okay, so to be elevated to a high position. Someone that's elevated to a higher position. Um, a lifting up in a sense of a positive or a negative, right? Pride, excellency, haughtiness, frown, swelling, and so like the high walls of the valley. And so it re literally represents strip, right? So this idea of pride, um, remember when, let me go, so room. So it's actually Resh Vav Mim. Resh Vav Mim. I know I'm giving you guys a lot, but I have to. Is this the, the positive or negative? I think this is a negative, I'm going to tell you right now. Because they both look positive, which is funny. I couldn't find a negative. That's why I had a hard time figuring out what part of pride was negative. What part, yeah, I hate it. So, if you pick up that verse, do you have that verse? The one of the, the sin that y'all hates. Oh, I just did that study this week. It's in my other notebook, but I need to find it. So room is negative and gay e or whatever is po is uh, positive. I think so. I'm gonna I'm double checking right now. Okay. Oh. Beautiful woman, 
But she's like, I know I look good. But she's ugly. It's like, oh, yeah, you're cute, but not really. Because now I'm going to find everything wrong with you, so I can tell you you're not cute. Right? (laughs) But when there's a beautiful woman who's chill, and she's not all, it's like, wow, she's gorgeous. See the difference? Mm. We don't take away from the fact that she has something that other people don't have. It's oh, honey, don't come up on me like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's the way that you carry your position. Right. Okay? So, were Adam and Eve, did Adam and Eve have pride? Yes. But nothing's uglier than a pretty woman who knows it, is what they say, right? So they were enlightened, but they just didn't know it. So what Satan did was play on the fact that you don't know who you are. And most guys do that. You have a beautiful woman, and a guy sees her, and he knows, like, she don't know how fine she really is, right? So then you play on that, and then you take it away from her. You make her hate what's beautiful about her. Same thing. They were enlightened, but they were not like, like, we are. We're going to subdue all these animals. They're going to do what they want to do. It was like, no, we're one with everything. Yes, we. I know my position, but I don't abuse my position. So then everything operates in harmony. But as soon as I see myself as, well, you mean I can just take whatever I want? You mean I can just have whatever I want? You mean that I can just... Now there's an issue. There's ego because now it's on me. I am greater than this. I've exalted myself over. Instead of y'all giving the exaltation and the dominion, and then you operate in harmony based on your position. So Eve had a position, and it was an exalted position. But she abused that position when ego entered in. I can get the man to pretty much listen and do anything I say. And so she didn't do it with, with malicious intent. But she did it outside of the authority of yeah. So then that is pride. Pride and ego go together. So now we see that ego is introduced. The idea of... I'm a little important right now. I actually know more than him. Let me go tell you what I know. And then, you know what I mean? Like, and in a, but not in a sense to, she did, and it's funny because she did it to bring him to her level, but you didn't run it by him first. You didn't, you didn't, you did the dirty work. You didn't explain the whole subconscious thought behind what you did. You just took it to him. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? Like, for instance, me and Martin, I always come up with Stephanie. It's like, that's why I'm here, because you can talk to me. But I'd be like, well, what about this? Now, what if I just said, hmm, that sounds good to me. That's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because then you're like, hey, if you just told me, I would have said that that was so far off, and this is why. You know what I mean? So hoarding knowledge or hoarding secret conversations or secret thoughts with Satan, <laughs> which it could be, because you don't know until you vocalize them. A person come with a whole bunch of beliefs, and if you have those beliefs in your little home, then you'll be like, Marcus, listen, all of us in here understand it, right? I get to sleep with all the women. I don't even care if they're my daughters. We're straight, right? But the first time you see that somebody else, I'm going to be like, ah! You know, like, that's not okay, and this is why. And then you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> see what I mean? That's what Yah was there for. So it says, the scripture says that Yah, here it is right here, that Yah hates pride and arrogance. Proverbs 8.13 um, and it says, in fact, it is pride that turned Lucifer, right? Because he was not mm. always Hasatan. People keep acting like Yah created Satan. Mm. He created Lucifer, <laughs> right? But he didn't create Satan. Everything that has that same kind of ability, which means life in it, outside of animals, because animals don't have a, I don't want to say a soul. 
Animals don't have, uh, they don't have, they're animals. They are, they do what they're supposed to do. Right, they don't have reasoning, they don't have pride. Animals only worry about what happens right now. A dog is just like, I love you right now because you're here in your home. A dog's not like, but he ain't never coming back after this. You know, that worry about the next thing, Yah wants us to live in the right now, and that seems so strange because it doesn't fit in our society. Mm-hmm. Worry about tomorrow and today. Yeshua says that more times than not. He's like, why are you worrying about the the, the birds? You see the birds worrying? Because he's trying to get you back to that childlike state where right now I depend on Yah, and Yah's going to take care of me right now. It's Yah's business to worry about tomorrow. Your kids are worrying about, well, what are we going to eat tomorrow, though? Oh You'd be like, shut my up. God. That's for me to worry about. But right now, do you have food? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make sure you get food tomorrow. That's my business. But what Hasatan had them do was like, don't you want to worry about stuff like that? Because that's what, pretty much what was happening. Don't you want to know everything? No. I want to be like I am right now. So what Messiah becomes, he's like, get back to that state. That state right there where you see the birds and the bees and the, the, the foxes, they have all, like, just work, they, they're being taken care of, right? Are they, you think they're sitting up there after they pick a worm right now, like, well, I wonder if they're going to get some worms here tomorrow. <laughs> like, no. And it seems futile and, like, very, very primitive to think like that. But Yah's like, why not when I'm the one taking care of you? They don't even have, they said the grass, the, the grass puts off flowers. Like, and it's going to get thrown into the fire. Aren't you much more important than that? He's like, be like a kid. A kid's place is a safe place. I'm not telling you to be stupid, but be my child. Be, they were not children. Adam and Eve were full-grown adults, but they're mine. So mine don't have to worry about nothing. 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100. As long as you live, you don't have to worry about nothing because you're mine. Period. So if the birds who are just here for decoration... They're here for you to subdue. They're here for you to look at and enjoy and explore and all. If I take care of them and let them keep living, how much more am I going to make you keep living and you're the actual people that I created these things for? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. So she was like, hey, like the child. You see that kid? How he's intently watching me? That's what you need to do. There was, and it's funny because I'm going to make you understand Paul. Paul's now my favorite person. Like, all over again. Let me tell you why. Paul was thinking so much higher. I'm not saying I am. He just was. When he's saying, um, you know that bond woman and her kid and then the free woman? So be like the free woman. You don't need law to tell you what to do. See that sounds like he's talking against the law? You know what he's saying? Be like the child. The child doesn't need rules because they're intently watching the parent. What do I need to give you law for if you're following me? If you're watching me, if you're everywhere that I am, what do you... <laughs> 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 he needs law. <laughs> like a child. But look at that. No shame at all, though. <laughs> <laughs> what do I need a shirt for when I'm at my mama's house? But that's what that was. That's what Paul is saying. Paul's not saying that you don't need rules. But when you're walking so closely to the Father, why he doesn't have to write down anything. I don't have to write down anything for Ari and Jade. They watch everything I do. Now I might not I'm you know, I'm not the, the book, but I need to live as closely as I can to it because they're not they can't even read yet. They're watching me for their quote-unquote law. So Paul is saying, he's like, if you were like the child, 
And if you have, if you thought like that, then you would know, yeah, that you don't need the rule if you have the master, right? So that it makes sense now. When Yeshua said, "He's like, follow me." He didn't. He, he doesn't have to say, "Follow Torah." I'm not going to break Torah. You don't have to worry about it when you're following me. If you just watch me, you'll live the perfect life because my life is going to reflect that of the Father. I'm watching Him intently in humility, and then you watch me intently in humility, and we're gonna make it because there's not going to be any breaking command. You see how that works? That was Adam and Eve's situation. The, the, the standard doesn't change just because of sin. It makes it more difficult, but the standard is still there. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, um, teenage moms. I'm just going to use that. When a, when a teenage mom has a child, the standard of how their life was supposed to turn out, the expectation, shouldn't change. That's society that says to change. No, you just made your life that much harder. But no, you're still going to fulfill all those things because then you need to be an example for this child. You just have to be an example way sooner than you, were, than you were ready to be. But the standard for how you're supposed to live doesn't change. Do you still have to care for your child? Do you still have to provide for your child? Do you still have to? Yes. And what is that child going to do? That child is going to watch you intently. Right? So the same thing with the law. Just because sin came in and just because it doesn't change the standard, just because Christ does away with the, the ramifications for sin and death doesn't mean that you stop following him. No, because he's still going to be doing the same thing he was doing before and after. He never stopped. So if you're watching him intently like a child, then you're going to stay on that same exact path of obedience. And no, you don't need law if you're following him. But if you can't understand how to follow him, then you need to go back. Paul says, you have the schoolmaster. Once you've mastered school, then no, you only have to reference back to the stuff you learned. Like, okay, I'm an educator. But I'm starting to look at common core standards when I get ready to teach. So I can know, okay, make sure these people are hitting all these standards. But do I need to go all the way back through school to learn everything from scratch? No. It's the same thing. Once you have Christ, okay, you have this lifestyle. But when there's something you don't understand about him, guess what you do? Let me reference back to why he was doing X, Y, and Z so I can see how to correctly follow this particular behavior. Right? So you still get the reference. That's what Yah was in the garden. He was the reference point. So I get to live. Live freely, and if I do something, he corrects. So I was telling you, there's no such thing as punishment in scripture. As for, there's judgment, and that's different from punishment, right? So punishment, we think punishment is when y'all chastens. Y'all never chastens to hurt, in the sense that we, that it, the way we think hurt. You don't whoop a child to to actually hurt them. You know what I mean? Not I mean, you, I mean whoopings hurt, but you're not trying to like abuse the child. You're trying to put the child back on the right path. So Yah's chastening is to direct you to the right path. Now what happens? You get a kid and the kid gets tough, and I whoop you. I can't whoop you. I can't whoop Jade like I'm going to whoop a 10-year-old because it ain't going to work no more. Your level of tolerance to the, to the chastening has gone up. So then my level of discipline then goes up. It might not even be physical anymore. It might be other things, like you can't go nowhere, you can't have this. It's going to be wherever it hurts you. Mm -hmm. So that's how Yah is with us. Okay, being in captivity don't matter. You just assimilate to the captor. <laughs> I have to make captivity difficult for you now. I have to make captivity unfavorable because you like captivity. <laughs> you see what I mean? I have to meet you at your level. Of, so it's, But it's only to pull you back to me. Right? To, to, to humble you. So you, the same thing, the depression, okay, you're going to watch intently. 
But you're also going to, when I start hitting you, you go watch intently. You gotta figure out it's the same picture. You're gonna figure out where this is coming from. So you're gonna you're gonna look. If something bites you, the first thing you do is go, ow. You don't go, ow. In the opposite direction, in the opposite direction of where the pain happens, you look to it. It's the same thing. And you're, I mean, I've had you're at church and you sitting there you're doing something like pinch and you're like, whoo. So it's the same thing. Y'all's like, let me get your attention. And as soon as you stop doing whatever you're doing, the discipline stops. Nobody keeps pinching you all day because you were you were jacking up in church. That would be abuse, of course. But until you stop doing that, I'm going to keep doing it. Right? It's the same thing. So you have punishment and then, what was that what I said? Punishment and... Correction. I mean, punishment and judgment. Okay, so judgment. Judgment is different though. Judgment is no matter what I do, you're... Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. No, no problem. Uh, I have one. Oh, you so So judgment is different. Judgment is me. No matter what you do to me, my heart is set on doing what I'm gonna do. So before judgment, though, Yah does something. He gives you over to your a reprobate mind. Do whatever you want to do. I keep doing it. Right? Okay. So, um, when in, in, so obviously we talk about Lucifer. So, Lucifer, Yah did not create Satan to be man's adversary. Hasatan made himself man's adversary. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Is it, well, you were talking about pride, mm-hmm. and you were, it was talking about Ezekiel 28 13, too, where it says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of Yah. And then it said, Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis was covering. And then it says, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God, Yah, and you walked on, down in the midst of the stones. Thou wast perfect in thy way from the day that thou was created, till iniquity was found in thee. And that's almost like the same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It was, it's, it is something we talk about it obviously in in Christian terms as the idea of having free will, right? But free will is. Is it Ezekiel what? Twenty-eight, thirteen to um, thirteen to eight. Yeah, nineteen. So it's the idea of obviously free will. Right, we we call it free will, but that's not necessarily. Everybody has the ability to make choices. Everyone, only things that are set up to obey Yah perfectly are the things that we see around them. That's why we observe them. So, everything else though has free will. The angels have free will, but what keeps them, I I believe, in subjection is the the fact that they don't know anything But when something different was then presented, obviously that which was in Hasatan or the devil, which was iniquity or ego, which means the I, 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 and I'm going to show you that verse, then it was, something different was presented the same way it was presented to Eve. His tactics never change. It was just like, I just need you to see this a little bit differently than Yah sees it. And that's all it takes. You're going to do the rest on your own because it's set up in the human mind to think, to reproduce thought, to dwell on things, to run it over and over again. So Isaiah 14, 13 through 14 says, it describes Satan, Isaiah, I'm sorry, 14, 13 through 14. 
uh, with this focus on itself. I will ascend. I will rise. I will sit. I will rise. I will make myself high like the most high. Mm-hmm. He had an ego problem. Mm-hmm. And so what Yah does by creating man is disrupts his ego problem, but then protects man from him. I'm going to give you his tactics right now. All you got to do is when you come around, don't be bothered. Subdue. Tell him, flee. Resist the devil and he'll do it. Flee. It was, it was that simple. So uh, pride going before destruction. And so whoever exalts himself will be humbled. You, it ha- there is chastening that comes with exaltation. You said, I'm sorry, Isaiah 13, 14, 14, 13, 14. 14. Thank you. Um, chapter 13, 14, chapter 14, verse 13. So then, well, we're going to get to you next week, and we'll, but we're going to get to that part where he says, How? Now, y'all's not asking the question of how mm-hmm. at the at Genesis, Genesis 3 9 of how did you do this? I know exactly how you did it, I know what you did. But how after everything could you? Mm-hmm. And so, after knowing what you're supposed to do, not do it. Mm-hmm. So, you see how, how that worked? It, it had, everything immediately changed. Because now they saw themselves, not only did they see themselves separate from one another. Right? But now they saw themselves separate from Yah. Now you're hiding from him. Where now you were always in my presence, now you're hiding from me. Mm-hmm. And so next week, and it'll be a lot less heavy than this, of course, we're going to deal with what happened after that. And that will be given to you. <laughs> what happened after that and how, how, how we're supposed to function now in dysfunction. Because now the first thing they do is they saw the oh I missed out that part they saw themselves naked. So the idea of, in Hebrew of naked does not mean um, naked. They didn't see themselves. I mean they saw themselves. They were naked, but it didn't mean without clothes. It means yeah, that they, they it mean they didn't have any worries. Mm-hmm. It meant that it literally comes from the Hebrew word, and the word I think is uh, Aron. That's the same word though used to describe. The serpent's shrewdness. Right, he was straightforward. Mm-hmm. Like that was a trip to say that's the same word, naked, and he was true. Right. They he, saw themselves there, like uh, what was it called? That like because I taught it. Remember when they taught, when they? Um, <laughs> she didn't find that that part. So it means that it literally means that they were experiencing the height. They were at the height of existence. Which means that, like, nothing else mattered. I'm just living, right? And it says that it, their, their, their lack of clothing wasn't the state. It was a state of pure experience, living each moment to the fullest, with little or no concern for the past or the future. Hmm. And so Iran. Satan made it a, a, a wrong. Yeah, Iran. Satan made it a negative. It's like Iran. Being Iran. in the right now is where we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to work. One, you have no control. You can't fix the past, and you have no control over the future. So the only thing you can change is the right now. And it's how you operate in the right now that matters. And so the only true reality is the right now. So uh, Job one twenty one says, I came out of my mother's womb naked. Babies are like this. They have no knowledge of their lives. Their, um, their lives are purely based on the experience of the moment. In addition, Yahushua said that we are to become like little children. Little children have no developed ego. They live for the moment with little concern for their surroundings. They, they experience life as it comes. They don't try to analyze it or categorize it. They laugh when they want to laugh. They cry when they want to cry, right? There's no suppression of emotions. They embrace their highs and their lows. 
Um, it's not all that other stuff that we do is because of the ego. Well, how am I going to think of that crap? <laughs> See how that works? And then you don't cry, you suppress, and then you become a manic depressive. You know what I mean? Or you become severely depressed because you're, you're trying to think about how. Well, when I did this, how are you going to think about y'all if they know that I do this? How are you? The kids don't care. They will poop on the floor <laughs> and be like, right? <laughs> so they don't care about social circumstances. So the word here for um, ashamed is bosh. And it literally has the meaning of something that is dry or stinky. It's really, they were not disappointed. Right? It, the, nothing had dried up, nothing stunk. It was just perfect. It, it was just perfect. And so the opposite is the truth. They were attempting, or they were living in without disappointment. And so because of our society, we have all these things, and there is now value added. Now there's ego. Because now this means this. This car means this. If you drive this car, then it's out of this, this car. If you do this, it's out of this, and this is bigger than this. Kids don't care. If you pour a cup of juice, and you just halfway, everybody get halfway, they're good. They're like communists. Like, <laughs> can we just all be the same? Like, they, they don't care. And so it says um, their their identity was within each other and with Yah, which is how we're supposed to be. We find our identity with Yah and then with each other. They didn't care if I was too in love with this person, what were people going to think? If I, you know what I mean? If I treat him too good, what are people going to think? Are they going to think that I'm a, walk, a pushover? If I'm a, she was just like, I'm just going to do my work and then you just do yours. So Yeshua taught that we are to deny ourselves and take up our cross. The elimination of the ego to the point that even self-preservation was not a concern. It doesn't matter if I live or if I die. Because I'm living right now. I've fulfilled everything I'm supposed to do right now. But if I'm putting things off, waiting for tomorrow... Then I won't fulfill them, and I'll feel like I'm underfulfilled, right? And so it says, um, this, uh, the writer does a little thing. It says, try this. Close your eyes for a second and think of nothing for a whole minute. Let's try it. Okay, now try 10 seconds, because I know we all failed at that already. <laughs> okay, let's try 10 seconds. Right? There's no such thing. Mm-hmm. I just kept saying nothing. Like, nothing, nothing, nothing. I know. I, I, kept, saying, I kept saying. I kept saying ten, ten seconds. Ten seconds. You gonna think of something? You are. You are. You are. We are admonished to control our thoughts. You see how hard that was, though. Yeah. For just that little bit of time, but we're supposed to be able to control our thoughts, right? It's so. But the whole time, you your brain doesn't stop racing. Mm-hmm. You see that? Because we have concerns. It's, those are worries. We can't even go to sleep and close our eyes and not worry. Right? Because you have things on your mind. It's like, only time I can't think when I'm sleeping that my dreams be having me think. Like, that's not, that's not necessarily biblical. So, we seek to protect ourselves at all costs, not just from physical harm, but from mental harm and embarrassment. It is the wounded ego that is the cause of most of our problems. It is this that we must set aside. The point here is that the setting aside of our ego, which with all its ambitions and plans and images and stress and identity, is not a negative thing. It's like the Eastern ideal, specifically within certain like Eastern traditions, of becoming one, eliminating the self and breaking out of the cycle of separation and being one with everything. Right? It sounds crazy, but it's in it is in it's built into society. When I stop seeing myself separate from you, then what affects me affects you. So I'm not gonna do things to me because it's gonna affect you. And I don't care who you are. If I blow up my house and then it's going to burn down the next door neighbor's house, then I'm not going to blow up my house. You see how that works? Okay, so, um, last thing. 
Finally, we're going to end here. They were not disappointed in each other, and everything was very good. But something as simple as just wanting more changed everything. She didn't know what she already had, and by just wanting a little bit more, everything was changed. Was a shame called a bosh or just bosh? Bosh. So we made it through. Um, we're, we'll be on part C. And, um, well, actually, yeah, part C. So we got to the how. So the last thing we have is where Yah says how. And we'll deal with that how. And so how Yah confronts Adam and, and the woman with their sin. Because up until this point, there had been no sin. There has been learning, right? There has been exploration. But now we see something new in the equation of sin. And sin only comes as a result of pride and lack of humility. So we're going to do all the Part C. I know that was a lot, but I had to cover that because it sets the foundation for everything else that we're going to cover throughout the rest of what we're doing. The ego runs everything in the home. And there, it, it is. It's the one. It's the one force that we're not supposed to have. It, it's the one thing that's not supposed to be there, but it's the thing that ruins everything at the same time. And so, how do you control it and put it into submission? And say it comes from the lack of pride. And no, the, no, it comes from pride. The the other def, the Rome uh, Rome definition mm-hmm. of pride and lack of humility, of lack of watching Yah intently. As soon as you take your eyes off of Yah, everything falls apart. Mm-hmm. It's still in the dark. Yeah,